greatest show on earth, the Clutch Tennis Podcast, is back. Um, this year, we are joined by Luke and Jack, hopefully as a trio, a little bit more frequently. Um, but we're going to be doing our our top 10 predictions today to kick the year off. Um, obviously, there's no event. It's it's still the off-season for the players, but we are, we're kicking things off with our... A recap of last year, so 2022, and a bit of a prediction session for 2023. Um, so, hello, Luke, and hello, Jack. How are we all doing today? Good, thanks. How are you? Oh, I, I'm not sure if that was me not being able to hear what just happened. Did you say something, Jack? No, I thought Luke did. But hello, good morning and good evening. Ah, yes. Okay, good. Yep, I think it was just my phone playing up. Um, yep, awesome. So we are, we're back again this year just to just kick things off with a bit of a general discussion about, about what we think is going to happen in the forthcoming year, actually. Um, I'm pretty sure that when we recap over the last year, Luke will kind of fill us in on the details, but I'm pretty sure we actually had a pretty successful year, all in all, uh, predictions-wise. Um, but what we predicted at the start of the year, I reckon is pretty far off from from what actually happened. Um, but we'll we'll kind of kick, well, basically hand over to Luke, I reckon, just to go through a bit of a recap um, for 2022 as a whole. Um, obviously, Alcaraz finishing the year off as number one, a few other big big twists and turns in there as well with the whole Djokovic saga. There's been a lot that sort of happened this year. So if we kick things off with a bit of a recap and um, over to you, Luke. Yeah, sure. So I'll save the our kind of predictions for the year until a bit later. And I'll start off with kind of how our, how our betting tips went, basically. Um, I'll start with the tips of pass challenge, which was a, a new thing that we added this year. Um, if you don't know what it is, each week we've basically chosen um, a bet of around evens, um, usually kind of a, a games handicap on a, on a player that we're kind of confident is, is going to win. Um, and so it's it's a battle both against the bookies, can we make profit, and against each other. Um, so in in last place for that was Jack um, with three wins and nine losses. Um, in second place was Charlie with ten wins and thirteen losses. Um, and first place was myself with twelve wins and thirteen losses. So not great. So, that, that... I was going to say, all in all, what that's proven is that. None of us beat the bookies at all. In fact, yours yeah. was the only one, Luke, that kind of fits with the um, the statistical edge that the bookies give themselves anyway. So yours is the closest to actually 50-50. Um, the rest of us, especially Jack, <laughs> not, not... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, um, you know, it was, it, was, it was our first year. So hopefully next year we'll be, um, we'll be doing better. Um and now kind of on to the um, kind of how our picks went. Um, I think our last podcast was Paris. I'm not going to bother recapping that, although the, the, the recap from that is kind of included in this, in this whole thing. Um, in ter- I'll just recap kind of some of our best picks of the year. Um, we had, um, we had Hercash to win Haller at 10 to one. Um, we had Kyrgios each way at Wimbledon at 25 to one. So a 12, 12 and a half to one win there because uh, he made the final. Um, we had Oje Aliassim to win Basel at nine to one. Um, Felix again to win Rotterdam at 13 to two. Um, Sitzpass to win Monte Carlo six to one. Nadal 
to win the Aussie Open, seven to one. Um, Kokonakis and Kyrgios to win the Aussie Open doubles, twelve to one. Um, and Cressy to win Newport, I think it was at nine to one. Um, so I'm just I'm just going to ask you guys what your kind of prediction is for how we finished the year. Were were we up or down, and if and by by how many units? Uh, do you want to fire away, Jack? All right. Uh, I'm going to say down because I reckon Charlie will go up. So one of us will be right, one of us will be wrong. <laughs> I'm. I yeah. I think. I think we're up. Um, but I think. I honestly think we won about three accumulators across the entire year. Um, so it's it's entirely due to the outrights, basically. But I reckon we're up by twenty, twenty-five units. Okay, I I think I would have said similar to to Charlie, um, but I've, I've obviously worked it out. I've kind of split it into into four quarters. Um, so the first quarter, which um, included the Aussie Swing, um, the European Indoors events like Rotterdam, and then also uh, events like Acapulco in Dubai. I don't think we did podcasts for Indian Wells in Miami, um, but for that we did really well. Um, I think particularly the Aussie Open podcast, we did very well. Um, and we ended that quarter up 33.23 units. Um, and then quarter two, which is the European clay swing, basically. Um, we... Clay is diseased. I would say that we're definitely down throughout. Well, you, you'd actually be wrong. We were, we were up again by 21.655 units. Um. And then for quarter three, um, which was the, the grass swing um, and the US hard court swing, um, we're up again 24.13 units. Um, so an- another pretty good quarter there. Um, and then quarter four, which is kind of basically the rest of the season. Um, obviously a lot harder to predict, so we didn't do as well there. We were still up, but by, by 3.4 units. So o- overall for the year, we have somehow ended up um, with plus eighty two point four one five units, um, that's that's yeah. pretty damn good for a whole year. Um, I think Jack's normally better at explaining this than I am. But like, if you imagine that your bankroll is only a hundred units, and it's some people's bankroll is obviously bigger than others, but if you are somebody whose whose kind of career is is sports betting and whatever, you, you probably got a bankroll that's that's many thousands deep. So if you're doubling your whole bankroll uh, across a year that's that's pretty good for for just a, a weekly tip from us really i think so that's that's actually pretty impressive yeah i mean i i should just probably explain how how i kind of calculated and, and how how i calculate each week because oh, i haven't done that for a while um so obviously our, our accumulators is we just do one unit on those uh, so obviously if it, if it loses that's minus one and if it say three to one accumulator wins then that's that's plus three um, and then for that, for the outrights, it, um, what we do is we we say it's a, a unit each way, unless we kind of specify otherwise, or the or the odds are just not worth it if it's like a two to one or a three to one um, outright. Um, but each each loss is only minus one units instead of minus two. Um, the the reasoning behind that is because um, we 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 each have to put we put on so many outrights um, each week. It's not really realistic that you'd put all of them on yourself um so yeah i'll just we, we kind of felt that 
a minus one loss for for each outright loss was kind of more realistic than um, a minus two, kind of kind of more fair because you're you're not going to put on six outrights for every tournament each week. Yeah, um, uh, and so it's it's always a little bit. I don't know. It's I don't know how to explain it. Like it's not not that you're always going to make that much profit if you follow our tips because some of them literally directly contradict each other in, in some editions. Like I've had it before where, where Luke or Jack has said that, um, Basil Ashley is going to, uh, going to lose to, to Renzo Olivo. And I've said, Renzo Olivo is, is going to lose to Basil Ashley. Um, and basically we can't both be right. Um, so it's, uh, we, we get sometimes where you're not going to pick both sides. So it's not always going to follow that if you, back our podcast you're going to get this exact level of profit i think is what i'm trying to say here but it's it's a pretty good indication that we are profitable as a as a group of three yeah and obviously the the tips pass is not included in the in the overall summary that's that's very much a, a separate kind of bonus pick that we we provide each week um but i think that's kind of that so i'll move on now to our our predictions for the year um so at the very start of this year we did a, a prediction podcast in the, in the same format as this one will be, um, where we each provided um, our year-end top 10 in order. Um, a wildcard pick, so that's someone who's never made the top 10 before to, to break into the top 10 um, and end the year there. Um, a first-time ATP title winner, which kind of speaks for itself. Um, and then also the winners of the, of the four Grand Slam events um, and we have various various point systems in place for for correct predictions, and then it's it's a case of whoever gets the most most points wins. Um, so I'll, I'll start with the top tens. Um, so the actual ATP year end top ten for this year was um, Alcaraz one, Nadal two, Rude three, Sitsipas four, Djokovic five, Oje Aliassim six, Medvedev seven, Rublev eight, Fritz nine. And her cash ten. Um, right, I'll, I'll run through Charlie's quickly. So his in order from one to ten was Zverev, Medvedev, Djokovic, Nadal, Sitsipas, Team, Rublev, Berrettini, Sinner, and Herkash. Um, So in total, he got ten points from that. So it's, it's one point for having someone in the top ten that made it. Two points if you had them one position outside of where they want to be. So for example, Charlie got. Two points for Sitz Pass, um, as he predicted him fifth, and he came fourth. Um, and then three points if you get someone bang on in the correct spots, um, which Charlie got for Herkash as he he had him as his, his number ten. Um, so Charlie got ten points there. Uh, my top ten was in order: Djokovic, Zverev, Medvedev, Nadal, Sitz Pass, Sinner, Team, Rublev, Berrettini, Rude. Um, so I got nine points from that. And then Jack's top 10 was Medvedev, Zverev, Djokovic, Nadal, Sitsipas, Sinner, Alcaraz, Rublev, Berrettini, and Team. And he also got nine points from that. I think what I'll do is I'll I'll tweet them out so you can have a... I think it, it's a lot easier to kind of look at them than, than me just reciting them. So I'll, I'll, I'll put them out on, on Twitter afterwards. Um, but anyway, after the... After the I, can't, I can't believe that I've actually, I've actually come out on top of that. I do dreadfully at this normally, so... Yeah, well, I think Herkash has helped you there by by sneaking in at, at number ten right at the end of the year, courtesy of 
Holgeruna having some challenger points come off. Um, but yeah, um, obviously we we all had. I mean, we we should probably mention that your number one Charlie didn't even finish in the top ten. That was that was better. Okay, um, we we can't predict that somebody is going to have a, a season-ending injury like at month six or whatever it was. Like, in fact, it was in May, wasn't it? It was in the French. Like, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> no, of course. I mean, we um we we all had the same four players um to make the top ten that that missed out on the end. We all had Zverev, team Beratine, and Sinner. And most of those were kind of injury hampered throughout the year, and you know might well have definitely Zverev definitely would have made it if he was stayed fit, and the others um, maybe. Um, so yeah, um, that that's our top tens. So Charlie um, takes a one point lead after that. Um, in terms of our wild card, um, yeah, again we all went for the same player, which was Alcraz. Um, so we all get five points added on. Um, worth mentioning that. That Jack actually had Alcaraz in his in his year in top ten at number seven. So so well done, Jack. Me and Charlie uh, omitted him. Um, and then for our first first time title winner, um, Charlie had Jensen Brooksby, who did not win a title. Um, I had Lloyd Harris, who decided to be absolute garbage for the first half of the year and then missed the second half of the year due to injury. So he did not win a title. Um, and Jack had a, a very good pick of Holger Rune to win his first title. And he, he obviously ended up winning, I think, three, um, winning the, the Paris Masters at the end of the year to cap her an excellent season. Um, now, onto the, onto the slams. Um, the Aussie Open was a, a bit of a mess um, this year in terms of Djokovic's participation and all that. Um, me and Charlie actually both had Zverev for that. Uh, and Jack had Djokovic, and the winner was obviously obviously uh, Nadal. So no points there for anyone. Um, for the French Open, we all went with Nadal, so that's three points um, to each of us for that. Um, Wimbledon, similar fashion, we all went for Djokovic, so that's another three points for everyone. And then for the US, uh, Charlie and Jack went for Zverev, and I went for Djokovic, and it was uh, Alcaraz who went on to win that, um, so no points there. So the final standings in last place, unfortunately, is myself um, with 20. In second place is Charlie with 21. And sneaking into first place with that whole Garoon pick is Jack on 23. So well done, Jack. Yeah, pretty pretty close, really, I suppose. Um, I, I can't believe, I can't believe Jensen Brooksby had that bad of a year. I really thought he was going to win a title. Yeah, I, th- I think that was that was quite unlucky to be honest. Did he did he make a final or two? I think. I'm um, honestly, I'm not even sure he did. Do you know, Jack? No, no. Newport was last year, wasn't it? He lost to Anderson. That was 2021, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I just think he was found out a little bit, to be honest with you. And then he lost his confidence and just really didn't make it through. Like, I thought he was going to pick up one of the um, the kind of junk 250s over in America that you get kind of in in that kind of August, September period. Um, but he just he just played awfully. Um, I think he got beaten pretty badly, if I remember, by Marcus Giron in um, San Diego, which I thought he was going to win. 
Yeah, Nakashima ended up being that guy instead. Really, got one towards the end. Yeah, um, and he he probably I know it's hindsight, but it's it's stuff like that. Nakashima was always going to win a title sometime soon, so. I don't know. He would have been a good pick, obviously. But we can't think too deeply about that. So um, I should have really said at the start, um, I'm not, I can't remember how exactly I, I introed this episode, but um, this is the 2023 uh, Tips and Predictions episode. So thank you, Luke, for taking us through all of those, those kind of recaps. Uh, that's obviously great to hear that we had a successful year and that our, our predictions last year weren't actually that bad. I thought they were going to be much, much worse. Um, but we're here to do the exact same thing again. Uh, the way we're going to do it to begin with is we're just going to run down our, our number 10 to number 6 um, and then kind of do a bit of a recap and then we'll go through 5 to 1. Then we'll go through our kind of slams, titleists, wildcards, that that kind of that kind of way of doing it, I think. Um, and we'll, we'll kind of go through each number one by one and just say who we've got and why. Um, obviously, we'll try not to overlap too much with, with comments about players. Um, so we'll, we'll try and get through it as, as speedily as possible. Um, but we'll kick things off then. So 2023 predictions for number 10. Jack, do you want to open us up? Yeah, no problem. Uh, so my number 10 is Yannick Sinner. Uh, uh, Shall I explain anything? <laughs> yeah, let, let's let's do like a yeah. This probably makes sense. Let's do a bit of a <laughs> bit of a discussion about kind of um, the picks as we go. I think so. So yeah, t- tell us why, and then I'll tell you why it's wrong. Okay, I it's kind of hard to not do it without spoiling who's above, really. But um, yeah, disappointed last year because I think I had him quite high, six maybe. Um, so yeah, it was quite disappointing. He just seems to be a player who's looking a lot better than his results are actually suggesting. Um, which kind of needs to address, I think, before it becomes a, a bit of a trait. Always looks like he's doing, he's playing really well, and obviously such a clean hitter that probably deceives. But yeah, no major wins yet, like in individual matches or individual titles. So I'm hoping that changes. But it should really be higher than this, really, in my opinion. But yeah, I mean, spoiler alert: I've not even put him in my top ten. Um, I just think he's getting found out a bit too frequently, and I think his game is is almost too two-dimensional these days. It's it's flat hitting with ridiculously clean ball striking, but it's it's one pace the whole time. And I think these top guys are just just finding him out now. And there's that overlying sort of question mark over over his fitness. Like he had some injuries that have been kind of going on for a while now. So I just wonder if there's something a little bit in the background there. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd agree with that. It's probably why I've not had him any higher, but I think the, the, the quality, the, the ceiling is so high, I, I didn't really want to leave him off. That That's fair. Um, so so if we now go Luke? Oh, we're doing that like this. Okay. Oh, oh wait, or, um, or are we going to do Jack going from 10, 9, 8, 7, 6? Do you want to do it that way? That probably makes more sense, actually. So, yeah, Jack, if you just want to keep on going. Okay. Um, so, number nine, I've got Rublev. Um, Oh, like I, I always want to leave him off because I think he's even worse than Sinner in terms of potential getting big, big results. But he just seems to always win five hundreds, and when you win two or three five hundreds a year, those points add up, and the odd two fifty. Um, so yeah, I couldn't really leave him off. He's he's a perennial, I think, sort of seven to ten guy for the next well long time, basically. I think. 
Yeah, I, I do agree with you there. And I'm actually now looking at my list and I'm a little bit concerned of what I've just done because uh, I've also omitted him. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, I'm not Look, sure. It, this is a bit different because I, I always want to omit Rublev. Like, if if you made me, you know, if you put a raw prediction of, of a few risks, I'd leave him off, but I just can't. It just never really, really seems to be that sort of profile who's always going to grind out results. Yeah, I, I couldn't leave him off mine, um, to be honest. Just because, for for the reasons you said about him, he, he you know you know he's just going to pick up titles ac- across the year. So it's it, it was impossible for me to leave to leave him out. But I, I was tempted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. Think, I think it's one of those. Did, did actually just speaking on that one, like I, I know it's kind of going off topic a little bit. Do do we think Rublev's got a got a good uh, a possibility of a good slam run anytime soon? Because he just doesn't seem to put it together at those those events. So, no, <laughs> um, no, I, I just can't ever see him uh, unless obviously the draw opens up in a way. I just can't ever see him beating Djokovic, for example, in a slam like ever. I, I don't know how he would um, with his way of playing. So, no, I mean I I, I would agree with you. It's just um, I've I've read many articles kind of online over the over the years that have kind of said like. Oh, Rublev kind of tipped to be one of the, the up-and-coming slam winners in the next two to three years, that kind of thing. And I, I personally don't see it, but it's it's just something that I've I've kind of seen on the on the Twitter sphere and stuff. No, I mean I, I I don't feel that Rublev has improved that much over the last few years. I I thought he'd kind of kick on a lot more, but he's he's kind of stayed the same really. And other people around him have I felt have, have pushed on more than he has. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, so that's Rublev at number nine. Um, number eight, Jack. So this one, I'm actually really interested to see where you two have gone. My number eight is Holger Rune. Um, yeah, obviously snuck inside the top ten. Oh, no, he didn't. Did he got admitted by challenger points, as Luke said. But probably, yeah, it was deserved, or near enough, deserved a, a place in the top ten. I can only see him kicking on, really. I can't see him having a down year. Um, especially after peaking right towards the end of the season. So, yeah, not too much to say, really, apart from I just expect him to just keep getting better and better next year. Yep. Um, obviously worth noting the the incredible kind of rise that he had. Uh, beats Djokovic in the final of the Masters. Um, I think he's one of these guys who can do it across all surfaces, which is a little bit scary. Um, indoor hard, clay, uh, I, I mean, we saw nothing on him uh, on grass. Like, but he's he's young. Like, I'm sure he's gonna gonna culture that over the years as well. So it's I don't know where his ceiling is actually. Probably right up at number one. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a bit concerned now because I haven't put Rune in my top ten. I really wanted to, but I mean, the the ten guys I couldn't justify leaving out any of the ten people that I I put in mine. Um, so I, I had to leave be my wild card, but he did sneak into the top ten at the end of the year. So if he finished in the top ten, I just couldn't justify leaving out any of any of my actual top ten. Yeah. Um, okay, number seven, Jack. Um, so this is actually the I found this guy the hardest person to place. I don't think you can leave him out, but at the same time, I I didn't want to put him in the top four, uh, which was Medvedev at seven. Um, 
this could go either way. He could end the year world number one, or he could end the year world number eighteen. I think it's so hard to read. Obviously, actually, apart from the Aussie Open final, it was actually a really bad year. Um, so yeah, I found him really, really hard to place. But I think you've got to have him in the top ten, especially with Slam I mean, pedigree. If it, if it sums up what I did um, with my list, it just sums up kind of the poor year he's had, in my opinion is that I went through my 10 and then I reviewed it afterwards and I went, oh, I swear there's something missing and it was Medvedev. <laughs> um, <laughs> so so I had to find a way to kind of slot him back into mine um, because there's no way he misses out top 10 in my opinion. But it's, um, I think it is, like you say, he's just got that potential to just go completely amiss for, for big chunks of the season. And there's something not right mentally with him, I think. Um, maybe he'll fix that um, with the, the off-season. But he he really hit a hit a slump hit a wall. Um, I think it was quite honestly after losing to to Nadal in the in the Aussie. Um, yeah, I mean it, it's it seems a long time ago that Medvedev was was the world number one. We we kind of forget that he did achieve that this year. Um, finish finished the year world number seven. Um, but yeah, I I found Medvedev kind of the hardest person to rank. Um, he he did make my top ten. Um, but yeah, very difficult to rank. And I, I agree, it really could go to uh, either way, really. He, he could, no, this off-season might be great for him. He might be able to mentally reset and come back to uh, a venue where he's, he's played well in the past um, and kind of kick on and have a really good year. Or, you know, he had a bad run at the Aussie Open. He's got a lot of points to defend. Um, his ranking will slip further and then he could just kind of spiral downwards. But, I mean, the, the, the quality is still there to... to to beat anyone really is just where he's at mentally really which is hard to know yep and last one for you before we we kind of break off and go with someone else jack number six uh number six for me is someone a bit less of extreme version of rublev and i think i left him off last year um casper rude um can't see him staying in the top three but I think I've got to again act against my own instincts of what I think of him as a player and his hard court results actually seem to be on a consistent level now. That was why I left him out last time because I didn't think he'd be able to replicate those, but obviously he did. So I've got to have him in. I just don't think he's going to repeat the same year of two finals in the slams. Yeah, I, I actually agree with that. Um, I think he's quite honestly, I don't think Rude will uh, will ever get higher than, than what he's done this year. I think this is his peak um, and I think he's the kind of player who who is going to be within the top 10 now for the rest of his career but it's going to be at the, the lower end of yeah I, I agree with that I put Rude in a in a similar position I yeah I, I don't see him finishing in kind of the the top three again but he is you know he is a top quality player and so he's he's got to be in your top 10 for sure now I'm just going to whiz through my 10 to 6 um some of whom we've we've discussed already, so we won't need to worry about too much. Um, my number 10 is a bit different. Um, I've got uh, Matteo Berrettini coming in at number 10. Uh, big serving Italian, uh, had some injury struggles throughout the year. Um, I don't think he's going to do too much on the hard courts this year. I don't think he's going to do too much on clay. I think he's going to pick up a couple of titles on the grass, maybe a deep Wimbledon run with points on the board for that slam. I think I can see him just creeping in back end of the, the top 10. I could see him maybe somewhere six, seven, eight, nine, or ten. But um, I don't love his chances uh, at the other slams other than Wimbledon. 
Yeah, I mean, Berrettini was another one that I, I really wanted to put into my top 10, but um, in the end, I didn't. Um, I think fitness is going to be the biggest barrier for him in terms of reaching the top 10 again. Uh, this year, he was riddled with injuries, really. Um, and so, yeah, finished, I don't know, like about, about around 15 or somewhere. But I think if he stays fit, then then he will make the top 10. I I, I kind of disagree about your, your chances at the... What sorry? What you said about the other slams? He he's kind of perennially gone deep at, at all the slams. Um, he always seems to to peak for the for the slams, which kind of lends itself well to kind of the the points you get from that, and then which obviously um, helps your ranking. But I just don't know if he's going to be fully fit for the the entirety of of next season, which is which is why. Yeah. I think he's a great pick, to be honest. Um, he's the kind of guy that I I really want to put on because there's so many um, variables at play which lend himself to always being in that like seven to ten kind of range. Um, but yeah, I just thought I, I thought he looked rough after he came back from COVID. Actually, like not fit at all, which obviously he can recover from over the off season. But he's a really hard one to leave out for me because of his profile of being so consistent if he's fit but yeah pr- probably my number 11 actually yeah no that's that's fair enough um i i just i i don't see him having a blockbuster year but but i i don't think he misses out i also think he wins um the titles kind of running up to the um to, to wimbledon as well um so so yeah um okay number nine um i've gone with Holger Roon. Uh, for the reasons we've said before, I think he's got a got an unbelievable possibility to to go deep here um, this year in all the slams um, and other than Wimbledon, I think. Um, but it's just whether or not he produces it kind of throughout the year and how everyone else kind of adapts. When you get these new guys who come through, sometimes they really do just fall off because, um, well, basically people people learn how to beat them, um, and we we've obviously not had had that same same drop off from Alcaraz yet, but I wonder what's going to happen with him as well. So I don't see him being in the kind of ones, twos, threes, fours, fives, but I, I can definitely see him in the in the latter half of the top ten. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's fair enough actually. I didn't actually think about your point about how people are going to adapt to him. Um yeah, there's all in that way. There's always been the the thing about his forehand with how will his forehand work out long term because obviously it's a bit of a weird shot, especially the take back. But um, it's not held him back at the moment, so yeah, we'll have to see. Yeah, I think something to mention um, with obviously did really well on the at the end of the year on the on the quick indoor hard, but he, he's also done well on the clay. Um, Big sits pass at the French made the quarters there, um, won won a title on the surface. Um, so I, I think yeah, I, I think he's gonna gonna have a, a good year next year. Yeah, uh, for sure. Um, my number eight is is Casper Ruud. Um, we've already been through why. Um, I've uh, I, I've put him down as as the latter end of the the top ten because I, I just don't think he's gonna going to kind of uh, make a final of a slam again uh, with Wimbledon points being active this year. Obviously, that was a massive help to his ranking. 
so I, I, I put him down as number eight. Um, probably not much more discussion needs to be had on that one. Um, number seven, I've gone with Rafael Nadal. Now, I don't think he's going to do anything this year other than win the French. Spoiler. Um, so maybe a, maybe a Masters on the clay is, is going to be enough to kind of make him a little bit higher. But I'm going to err on the side of saying that he's, he's going to hold off on doing many events at all this year. I think this is his final year. Um, and, and I think that's, that, that's, that's where he's going to sit just because he's not going to play enough events, I don't think. So that's an interesting one, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you there. I've actually ranked him um, similarly to you. Um, yeah, I, I think, sadly, he is, he is on his way out. I mean, I've thought this before and obviously been wrong. But I, I think, think this year, given with um, how poor he looked after Wimbledon, um, just never, never got fit again, really. Um, and I, I don't think he's going to win the Aussie Open again. I think that was that was kind of a, a freak result. Um, also, it, it, this is probably completely wrong and, and not actually actually a fact. But just in my, I don't know if you'd call it fan fiction or whatever, in the back of my head, it almost feels like his journey is done. Like Federer is gone now. It's like, what what's he what's he got left to to kind of do? Like it's. His, the enjoyment factor, like he's, he's not coached by his uncle anymore. His big rival is retired. Like he, he wants his swan song, I think, just to win the French one final time. And then I think he's, he's going to be happy to, to kiss it goodbye, really. Yeah, I found him hard to place, actually. Um, yeah, for me, yeah, a bit of a spoiler here. I basically banked on him winning the French, winning at least one Masters, and then pulling a result out from somewhere else. You know, maybe a a semi at Wimbledon or something again. Um, yeah, which is basically why he's probably slightly higher for me than for you, but not by much. Yeah. And um, number six then. Uh, so the last one for me before we before we move on. Um, I've gone for Felix Alger Aliassim. Uh, had a tremendous year um, this year. He's really started to look like he's going to have the, the game to take it to these other top guys. Um, so he's starting to win titles, starting to, to make it deep in every event he plays. And I mean, I think one of the big big uh, statements, I suppose, for myself was actually the Labour Cup, where he, he looked pretty much the best player that Team World had, I would say. He beat, a, albeit very subpar, but still beat Djokovic there. And I think that's a huge, a huge mental leap for him. He's got the game, ridiculous athlete, big shots, always had question marks over his backhand, but if he can keep that, keep that solid and under the guidance of Tony Nadal in the off season uh, which I think is only the second time he's going to have time away from the game with with Tony Nadal um, I think he's going to have a, a great opportunity to really really make that next step forward so number six for Felix for yeah fair enough I um I have a little bit lower than that but but yeah really um really impressed with him this year um really kind of progressed a lot in his game more more so on, on the mental side and kind of on the on the tactical side of the game as he's always kind of had the the weapons and the and the ability but he's really starting to put it all together now um so yeah, i definitely want to watch for next yeah um <clears throat> sorry 
yeah, I, I were the best team player in the world, really. Basically, won the Labour Cup. Um, a massive chunk was because of him. And won the Davis Cup and, and the ATP Cup being the best player on his team. It's a shame it doesn't account for ranking points, otherwise it'd be world number one. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, big progress made. Always had the talent, obviously. He was always probably going to be Canada's best player. Um, but yeah, I, I find him again hard to rank, but um, he does seem to have a consistency, actually. Maybe won't win too many titles, even though he seems to have got over that hurdle. But um, always expect him to be back end deep of, of every tournament that he enters, I think, at this stage. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, on to you, Luke. Your your ten to six. Okay, I I won't spend too long on it because um, every player we've already talked about. Um, my number ten is Andre Rublev. Um, as, as I mentioned earlier, I couldn't really not put him in my top ten, but I'm I'm concerned that he's he's kind of falling behind a little bit, which is why I've got him a few places down from from where he is now. Um, my number nine is Yannick Sinner. Um, he obviously missed quite a lot of this season due to due to injury, but I thought um, when he did play, he was, he was pretty impressive. Um, he made the quarters of um, the Aussie Open, Wimbledon and the US Open. Um, in the Wimbledon and US Open, he lost to the, the eventual winner in five sets. Um, and yeah, he when he's fit, he he is a top player, and he's proven that on every surface. Now he's proven that he can he can do it even on on grass and on, on the quicker stuff. Um, and he's still only twenty one, so I think the only the only way is up for him. Um, my number eight is Felix Auger Aliassime. As I said, much improved this year, kind of fulfilling the the potential that we we all knew he had. Um, and I think at most of the big events this year, he's he's going to be a threat, particularly the the quicker surfaces. Um, my number seven is Casper Root. Obviously, a bit down from from where he is now, but he's he's, he's still a big time player, particularly on the slow surfaces. Um, I think an- another point to mention is if Wimbledon has points this year, then that's gonna that's definitely gonna hurt his ranking as I don't see him making the the second week there. Um, and I still have doubts um, for him against the kind of very very best players. Um, particularly off that backhand side, although it has improved a lot this year. But I, I think someone like a, it's re- <coughs> excuse me, um, I think against someone like a Djokovic or an Alcaraz, it's it's really going to get found out. And so I, I, I struggle to see him beating um, those sorts of players. But he's still going to have a good year, I think. And it's my number seven, um, and my number six. Um, is Rafael Nadal. I don't think he's going to play too much this year, but w- when he is fully fit, he still has the quality to, to beat anyone on an, in, in any conditions, really. Um, so I, I couldn't really put him much much lower than that. Yeah, Shall I go again? Just five to one? Yes, yeah. Uh, so five, I've got Nadal. Um, yeah, I mentioned earlier about um, yeah, similar placing to you guys. I'm just kind of banking on French win, Masters win, a run somewhere else. Um, number four, you've already both mentioned this player. I've got Felix at number four. Um, yeah, I think he's just made big steps, big steps. I, I, I'm not, I can't see him winning a slam this year, but 
I think he's just proven he's got that little bit more quality than a Brood, a Rublev, especially at the moment anyway. Medvedev, again, because he's so hard to play, could go either way. He could be in this spot, to be honest. But yeah, I've got Felix number four. Uh, Sitsipas number three. Um, yeah, obviously he's a new one on the list, so it looks like we've probably all got him in our top five. Um, yeah, he's hard to play because again, I can't see him winning a slam. Um, he has kind of, you could argue, he's kind of plateaued a bit in terms of his development. That's that's presumptuous that he's going to be in my top ten. Oh, well, we'll see when we get there. Um, but yeah, he has kind of plateaued a bit. I think changes need to happen. The one that always gets thrown his way is why is your dad still there? Um, but yeah, brought in, a, made a few coaching changes during the year. Didn't really seem to do much. But um, is always going to be up there, I think, for me. In turn, spoiler, spoiler alert: my my phone background this year is going to be changing to a postbox. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, a hard one to place again. But is always going to be, I think, in this kind of three to five region. Um, number two, Alcaraz. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he won another slam again. There is, there is that niggling thought in the back of my head about is he going to drop you know is, is he he's peak you know not peak but he's one every year one the one slam slam winner most people don't have seasons better than that um but i just think he's a bit of an animal isn't he he's not really gonna let up i don't think after reaching certain highs i think he's just gonna keep going i think he's that way inclined um and number one uh this was easy for me this time Djokovic. um Obviously, we don't know his whole US situation, um, but I would be shocked if he didn't win two of the slams he's allowed to play this year, at least. Um, his record was like forty-one and seven or something this year when he obviously was allowed to play. I just I can't see it letting off, letting um, yeah, I can't see that, that dropping. Um, doesn't really seem to be slowing down, despite we forget that he's only a year younger than Nadal. Um, but just seems in a lot more, a lot better physical shape. Um, yeah, it was an easy one for me to have him here. Uh, yes. Uh, wait, hang on. Yes, it has unmuted now. Uh, yep, I fully agree there. Um, can I just double check? Um, I think I was dealing with um, whoever was trying to talk on our podcast earlier. Um, your number five was um, was uh, Zverev, was it? No, number five was uh, Nadal. So have you have you got Zverev in your top ten? No. Oh my god, you're a fraud. <laughs> well, I, I mean, coming back from from injuries, we've all made this mistake before with with team. Um, yeah, I, I couldn't see, I can't see him being in the top five, um, which is, and I, I could obviously easily see him being six to ten. But yeah, it's, it's, it was a bad injury. I think it's going to take him a few months to to readapt, and he might already slip too far away from the top ten by then. Yeah, I mean, fair enough. I get, I get the logic. I just, I just think he's too good. It only takes him the Madrid Masters, and he's already pretty much there. So, like, it's, I don't know. I, I think I can see him definitely being, being top ten again. Um, okay, um, I guess I'll quickly whiz through my five to one, um, which I've got number five, Daniel Medvedev. We've already been through it. He could finish anywhere in the world, pretty much, um, but. I just don't see him missing out. I think he's going to go deep, maybe at the Aussie, maybe at the US, one of the two, and that should be enough to, with a few other results, carry him through. 
Um, number four, I've got Alexander Zverev. I think that he is going to come back and he's going to be strong. Um, I think the clay swing onwards is where we'll see the true Zverev again this year. Um, obviously, he's got far too much game for pretty much anyone else when he's when he's on. It's just, can he get back there? And, and I think the answer is yes. Um, number three, I've got Carlos Alcaraz. So you, you're starting to think I actually have omitted six pass here, aren't you now, Jack? Yeah, I'm very presumptuous. Um, Alcaraz at number three. Um, I think he's going to have a small let off this year. Um, I think he's going to struggle a little bit on the uh, the fast hard courts again. Um, Wimbledon, I don't see him having a great great success at. And obviously, if Djokovic does play the US Open, he's going to have a fall off of points there as well. Uh, because I think Djokovic would beat him over five. Um, number two, ah, here he is. I've got Steph Sitsipas. Um, I think he's in for a good year. Um, I think I've seen glimmers of what he can do. Um, obviously, he's won Masters titles on the clay. He's always looked dangerous on the um, the fast half course. He had a very good Aussie Open actually last year, um, and uh, I really do think he's gonna he's gonna win a Slam this year. I do. And I think that he's um, he's got the game to take it to just about anyone on any surface. And I think all it takes is uh, kind of I say all it takes it takes it takes probably a slam win, uh, a Masters defense, and um, maybe one other deep run. And he's going to be right in amongst it at the very very top. Um, and I think he's just such a fiend that he's going to win he's going to win titles across uh, across them all really. Um, so, uh, number one, Djokovic. Nothing needs to be said there. Um, Djokovic is going to finish number one, given that he is um, he's going to be playing probably all the slams. Um, it's not actually beyond the realms of possibility that he does the uh, the calendar slam this year if Nadal's not fifth. Bloody hope not. That would be absolute mayhem and ruin tennis for me. I'll probably never watch it again. Um, but I think he I think he finishes number one. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, there's not much I, I think we can really argue with there. Um, yeah, your top three is a, a different order, but the same as mine. So not much to disagree with there. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's a good list. Um, as to be expected. Yeah. Um, I'll I'll go through my five to one now then. Um, so same as you, Charlie. At number five, I've got Daniil Medvedev. Um very hard to place, um, but I just think you know, he's got enough quality that he's he's going to do go deep in some of the big events this year. Um, so, so yeah, I, I I I couldn't I struggled to put him much lower than than this. Um, my number four is Stefano Sitsipas. Um, I agree. That I I think he's in for a big year. I don't know if he's going to win a Slam. Um, I still have question marks over his kind of. His mental stability. Um, I think his his tennis has definitely come on this year. I think his backhands is no longer a weakness, really. I think it looks it looks pretty solid, and it's starting to he's starting to hurt people now with it, kind of regularly as well. Um, so yeah, it's, it's it's more the mental side for me as to whether he'll he'll um, he'll push or more because I think he now has the game to to be yeah a, a top two player really. And and win a slam, um, but I I don't have him winning a slam this year. Um, now my number three is Alex Zverev. Um, I actually think he's he's going to have a good year. Obviously, this is quite risky with the 
with the injury. Um, he's already back playing again, albeit in an exhibition. Um, so I don't know. I I think yeah, it, it might take a few months for him to to get back to kind of where he was, but I I just think he's got too much quality that he's you know he's he's going to win a couple of of big events I think. Um, particularly at the back end of the year and on the, on the clay swing, as Charlie said, like he, lo- he loves Madrid. Um, and I also think coming into the year with kind of a lot less kind of expectation and pressure on him is only going to help him. Um, he's always one that kind of um, struggled in the, in the most high pressure moments. So I think kind of going into the year with less kind of expectation and pressure and more spotlight on other people like Alcaraz um, I think that'll only help him. Um, now, my number two is Carlos Alcaraz. Um, I don't think there'll be too much of a of a drop off this year. I just think he's he's too good, really, and I think he's in he's in safe hands with with Juan Carlos Ferrer as well. Um, I remember him saying that the kind of the two areas that he needs to. Well, someone asked him after he won the US Open, kind of what can Alcaraz get better at. And he said the serve and return, which I completely agree with. Um, and I think that's kind of um, the only thing stopping him on kind of the quicker services um, compared to the other top players. I think his serve and return kind of lets him down a bit there. But I think on the slow surfaces, he's going to be very tough to beat this year. Um, and I think he's he's going to win a slam um, possibly too. Um, and my number one is obviously Novak Djokovic. Um, I mean, he he finished somehow finished fifth this year with only 360 points from Grand Slams, which is not going to be the case next year. Um, he's proven that he's almost unbeatable um, in quick conditions, and he's he's pretty damn good on even on the the slow stuff as well. Um, there's obviously uncertainty about America, um, but he will play the Aussie Open. Um, I know Canada have. Um, relax their border controls because I've, I've been there recently and I didn't have to prove that I was vaccinated. Um, so he'll be able to play Canada again. Um, obviously, question marks about USA. Um, but I still think even without that, that he's... Um, yeah, he's still my number one. I think he's going to win at least two slaps. Yep. Okay. So um, I'm in agreement pretty much there with most of what you've said. Um, and yeah, I think we all, we all can't can't see Djokovic not finishing number one. Um, so we'll go through the slams, first-time title list and wild card. Now, it's just worth, again, just pointing out, the wild card is somebody who we think is going to finish top 10 or has a chance of finishing top 10, who has never done so before. Um, so just a bit of an outsider, perhaps. Um, now, the four slams for me uh, are very easy. Um, I've got the Aussie Open as Novak, uh, so Djokovic. I've got the French as Nadal. I've got Wimbledon as Novak, so Djokovic again. And I've got the US Open as Tsitsipas. That's always the bit of a lottery slam. But again, I wouldn't be surprised if Djokovic won that one too. Um, so that's Djokovic, Nadal, Djokovic and Tsitsipas. Um, my first time title winner. Um, now this is this is a bit of an interesting one. And it's definitely not going to be one that you guys have picked. Um, I think Alex Mortchan um, has a chance. <laughs> I've loved what I've... No, 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 no laughing. Uh, no, no. Um, well, I might as well say mine now. We've got the same one. Have yeah. We? <laughs> oh, my God. I can't believe it. What the hell? <laughs> I thought it was like a dead 
cert that no one else was going to have Mulchan. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, I'll, I'll say my reasoning. Um, I I think he's going to pick up a clay court 250 over in like Belgrade or something. Like he's he's just such a danger at that kind of level when it's the the lesser players playing in a in a 250 event. Um, he's got the game to take it to even very best as well. He's um, an unbelievable mover. He's got very, very good hand skills when he moves forward up the court, so retrieving drop shots and actually playing drop shots himself. And he's a troublesome lefty. Like, he's just very, very heavy whip, and it's the kind of game style that when it's on, it is very tough to beat. And a lot of guys just don't have the answers. Um, and I, I wouldn't be surprised at all to, to just see him, as I say, like, if Djokovic chooses not to play Belgrade, to, to take a title like that this year. Um, and um, then my, my wild card is uh, Nick Kyrgios. To be honest with you, he would be in my top 10 if I could tell you that he was going to uh, play enough events this year. Um, but I think he's going to have a deep Wimbledon run. I think he's he's playing the French, we know that. That's more points that he's not picked up. Um, and um, I think he's got a good chance of going deep at the Aussie and the US. So... Providing he can stay fit and not completely do something stupid throughout the year, which, quite frankly, is more likely than not, um, he would be my wild card. And I think it's the best chance that he's he's going to have in his career of finishing top 10. Yeah, fair enough. Um, <clears throat> yeah, well, I'll, I'll discuss when I, when I do my picks. Do you want to go next, Jack? Yeah, so as I said earlier, my title list is also Mulchan for the exact same reason as what Charlie said. You've got to go clay, I think. is the Obviously, it worked for me last year. Um, well, that was my thought process. And Rune's first title was on clay, even though the other two weren't. But um, yeah, I think you just got, there's so many more clay court events. I think you just, for your first title, you've just got to go with the quantity of events. And I think he's probably the best player who's not won a title. Um, Something interesting that I found was that um, Cashin obviously made the fourth round, I think, of the US Open, um, has never made an ATP semi-final. Um, he's ranked number 59, I think. So, because he was someone else I looked at, because I like to look at the, the South American guys, obviously they really enjoy the February period. Um, but there wasn't really any real sticker-outs for me, maybe someone like Etchberry or someone like that. But um, this, my second my second place was um, Ben Shelton. To, to win a title. He was the one I would have gone with if I didn't go with Mulchan. But I've just got to go with the clay court quantity of events. Um, yeah, my... Look, we're to my slam titleist now. Um, so I've gone... Djokovic for Australia. I'm sure we all have. French Open, Nadal. Wimbledon, Djokovic. And US, Djokovic as well. Um, I'm just tired of taking punts on US Open winners and they never come in. So I've just gone for the safest one. Uh, Alcaraz would have been my second choice, which isn't really a punt, but I think it's more of a punt than Djokovic. Um, there isn't, I think there's really much to say about the other three like perennial winners of that event. There's still no one close to Djokovic's level on grass, apart from Kyrgios, but I'm not punting on him to win a slam. Um, and my wild card is also Kyrgios. Um, there wasn't really anyone under major consideration for me here. Um, Apart from him, obviously, I don't think he'll finish in the top 10. He's, he's, something will go wrong. I've seen people, 
that's it's pretty pretty cool but i i, I wasn't certain on curios and i wasn't definitely wasn't certain on on Morchan, so i'm i'm somewhat surprised that we've we've overlapped on both of those actually yeah yeah, no, I, there was no other option here for Kyrgios' ceiling. He's obviously so much higher than anyone else that's probably never been in the top 10. Uh, I've seen people online, I did obviously did a bit of research before we started, saying, well, Kyrgios is going to play the French Open, so there's more chance of him finishing in the top 10. Do not think that. He's going to turn up, go shopping with his girlfriend on Monday, out by Tuesday. Doesn't give a toss. Um, especially if he draws like a clay court, grind, clay court grinder in the first round. He's just not going to stick with him. There's there's no way that him playing the French is going to help his top ten aspirations. Second round max, in my opinion. Um, oh, why is my? Uh, I hope he wins the French now, just to to prove you wrong. Um, but yeah, no, I, I I agree with what you're saying there. Um, I I just like I like the look of Curios these days. I think he's I think he's too good. Um, I, th- I really do think that he's gonna he's gonna have another great year. Um, there was something I was gonna say then. Um, oh yeah, um, I was just gonna say my my other thought about the the wild card. I don't think it was a, a guarantee that Kyrgios was gonna be my pick um, because until about two minutes ago, I had penciled in Jack Draper. So, um, but but yeah, um, uh, on- interesting. Um- so my slam winners, um, slightly different to you on on one of them. Um, where are they? There they are. Um, Aussie Open, Djokovic, obviously, won it nine times. And he's, he's really got a point to prove after not playing it this year. Um, French Open, I don't think Nadal wins it. Um, I've gone for Alcaraz. Um, I just don't know wh- where Nadal's going to be at physically. Um, obviously, he's a bit, you know, Ronald Garros kind of, turns him into a, a, a different beast even at, at his age um but I think Alcaraz now that he's kind of you know I think last year was a bit soon for him but I think um this year 2023 is um he's going to win it um Wimbledon Djokovic no one else can beat him there um and then US Open um I've gone for my world number three Alex Ferrov. I think maybe it's finally going to happen this year maybe um, my wild card, um, I have also gone for Nick Kyrgios. Um, I mean, he's been playing top 10 level tennis for, for large parts of, of last year. Um, and yeah, I think he's going to be a threat at, at certainly three of the four slams. Um, and yeah, really new, newfound motivation last year. Um, but he kind of, he kind of disappeared after that, the, that heartbreaking loss at the US Open where he kind of felt like the, t- the tournament was almost in, in his hands and then he lost to, to catch in five. He looked devastated after. Um, I think he's only played one singles event since. Um, so it's interesting to see where his kind of motivation um, and level will be after that. Um, but I think given that the year starts with the Aussie Open swing, he's going to be uh, motivated again for that. Um, and obviously this year he'll be seeded at the slams, which he wasn't, uh, well, certainly not for the Aussie Open and, and the French. And I think Wimbledon, he might have also been unseeded for that. Um, so that'll, that'll help him get, get wins um, and pick up points, uh, etc. cetera. Um, my first time title winner, I also considered Alex Molchan. 
um, but I didn't go for him because because I knew that you were going for him, Jack. Um, couple couple of other names I considered: um, David Fakina, who I picked in twenty twenty one, still not won a title. Uh, Rusevori and Rindanech as well, um, as some of the best players that haven't won the title yet, in my opinion. Um, but the player I have picked um, last year went from um, outside the top two fifty in the world, um, and he's now a top fifty player um, within a year. Um, his, his games come on so much, and that's Jack Draper um, playing a really, really high level last year. Um, and I think his main barrier to to winning a title will be injuries. Really um, injured for um, some chunks of last season. Um, but if if he stays fit, then I, I'd really be surprised if he didn't win a title. Um, he he said in an interview that is one of his well his his next big aim of his career is to is to win a title, which is obviously understandable as a young player who hasn't won one. Um, and I think the the quicker surfaces are gonna gonna really suit him. Places like um, the Aussie Swing, um, the European Indoors events, both in February and at the end of the year. Um, and on grass as well. I think those are his, his big opportunities to to win a title. Um, yeah, I'm I'm in agreement there, to be honest with you. I do think that Draper does win one. Um, I think he's definitely got the game for it. He's he's looked uh, like a threat already. He's got the game for it across, well, maybe not clay so much, but across most of the surfaces. Um, fast, hard court, slow, hard court, grass. Um, I think, yeah, I think this is going to be a good year for him uh, if he can stay fit and healthy. Um, so, yeah, that, that's kind of it from all of us there with regards to our, our predictions. Um, now, one thing that I did just kind of want to just throw out there for anyone who has managed to listen to the full hour, which I can't imagine there is, um, but I'm obviously going to be at the Aussie Open for, for a few days again. So we'll be having some live coverage uh, from me there, maybe some videos, tweets, a bit of a kind of feeler as to how how the conditions are there which I think always helps it made our, our profit obviously very good this year um, and I'm also going to be over at the um, what's it called the United Cup is that what it's called yes um, because in Brisbane so not very far away from where I live at all um, they've got uh, matches over at the Pat Rafter Arena um, so I'm going to be going down there and I believe it's going to be Berrettini versus Rude is what I'm going to be watching there. So I'll have some live live updates from there as well. Um, so I think all that's left to be done is say thank you, Luke, and thank you, Jack, for, for joining me for a very long season preview 2023. Thanks, Charlie. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, hopefully we, we can join up as a trio more often, albeit it makes it slightly longer, but um, it's definitely more enjoyable and we get more, more input, I think. Um, and obviously... We didn't manage to do it this year, but I'm kind of hoping that we'll be able to touch base once or twice this year just to do a kind of uh, a bit more of a discussion this session, a bit like we're doing here, because it's quite nice to to just talk about tennis rather than um, always kind of focus so heavily on the betting odds. Um, and it's nice just to break down kind of how the season's going at different points. So so maybe after after we've had a couple of Masters and a Slam, we'll, we'll touch base again for a bit more of a discussion. Um as always, follow our Twitter handle at Serving Up Clutch um, and our website www.servingupclutch.com to try and keep up to date with articles and tips and tweets for the upcoming season as it begins. Got another week or so until it kicks off and it's going to be a good one. 
Um, so thanks again, and uh, we'll be posting again, I suppose, when the season kicks off. So good luck.